was just explaining to Hadassah, she, you know, being seven in the service of what we do can be challenging. You know, there's a lot of churches do, do worship full uh, kids service, right? And the, the entire service. And, uh, and I'm like, listen, um, and we, we do it because we want to teach kids how to worship and we want to worship as families. Um, it's not like grounded on some convenient thing or, or anything like that. We're just, it's just right now part of our core value to worship as families. Um, we don't know. That could change in a couple years. I, I don't know. Um, but I was just like, hey, you know, playing can happen before church, after church. Playing can happen at, in your classroom. You guys have fun. But when we worship, it's all about him. So it's about turning our hearts and our attention to him. And, and it's funny because I'll be worshiping and somebody's like grabbing my arm like, hey, Ah, it's good to see you this morning. Okay, that's awesome. Good to see you too. But right now during worship, my attention is on Jesus. And, and that's one of the things I love about Upper Room is, is that it's one of our core values is worship. And worship isn't about us. It's not about you. And if you're so distracted that you can't worship for 40 minutes, then your eyes aren't on him. Because in heaven, our, our final destination, hopefully is to worship Jesus for eternity without ever stopping and taking our eyes off of him. So if you're getting bored at 40 minutes, this is only preparation for eternal worship. Because he's so fascinating. When you get a revelation of actually who he is, you never want to take your eyes off of him anyway. He's that good. It's just my heart right now. My heart is, is fixed on a few things. Worship, communion, at his table, communion with the Lord. And then we're venturing in a few other things about stopping and resting and delighting and worshiping Jesus. And there's some things that we've been practicing at our home to, to try to get in those habits. And man, today, Pink Sunday, is just another form to worship Jesus because he's that good. <laughs> you, do you know he, he doesn't heal you to save you? He heals you to reveal his love for you. He heals because that is in his nature. That's his character. It's, who, it's the character of God to be a healer as much as it is for him to be a savior. So, so today, the, the goal is for people to walk out of here healed, set free, saved, captives to be set free, disease to be gone, cancer to be gone. That, that's, that's the goal. But also an alignment of theology that God's good and that he doesn't heal just, just to make you think he's cool. He heals because he is so powerful and in love with you. He changes your life to capture your heart. So, so it puts things into perspective that I'm not going to heal anybody today. You're not going to heal anybody today. But Jesus in his sovereignty, his grace, and his mercy, and his goodness, and his power, and his love, he's going to heal people today to turn hearts towards him. He, he's going he's gonna to captivate you so much that you're going to taste and see that he's good, and you're going to feast on him forever. And when you get to heaven, it's going to be totally natural because the only thing you've been doing here is worshiping him and being in awe of him. All right. That I just that has nothing to do with anything that I'm speaking on today. It's all of what I'm speaking on today. Uh, but there's a few things going on that I want to bring your attention to. First off, um, Voice of the Apostles is this week in Columbus. If you want more of Jesus, if you want more and you want to discover signs, wonders, miracles, things like that, um, Randy Clark, Leif Hetland will be there speaking Tuesday night, and there's so many others that will be part of this. That's in Columbus this week. Um, also, uh, I just I want to thank Pete and, um, and his wife. Just They invited us to a, a, a gala on Friday night uh, for the Miami Valley Women's Center. 
And um, you who are here right now are a part of supporting Miami Valley Women's Center if you give to Upper Room because we support that ministry. And to hear what they're doing in women's lives and saving babies and, uh, and the, the pro-life movement, but also sharing the gospel and leading people to Jesus and healing. They are leading people to healing. Those who have maybe made choices or, or done things or been part of things or been in drugs, they're bringing people and, and women and, and families to freedom and Jesus. And it's amazing. So they've changed their name to Hope Rising. And um, so it's just really cool. So we are going to continue to be a part of that ministry and, and serve and also support that ministry. Um, but a few, I, I just wanted to take a minute. I had such an amazing time Friday. I thank you for that opportunity. And, uh, and more importantly, to hear their vision and what they've done this past year, but what their vision is for the future to change lives in the Miami Valley. And especially with everything going on and, and the Roe versus Wade things and, and how they're being so strategic to give women other choices and hope and life and Jesus. Uh, so if you want to know more about that, look it up. Uh, Hope Rising, a pregnancy clinic. Is, is that the full name? Center, a pregnancy center. Hope Rising, a pregnancy center. Uh, they've got four locations in the Miami Valley. Or well, if you know somebody um, that, that is pregnant unexpectedly or is going through a hard time or whatever, uh, we, we want them to find hope. We want them to find choices uh, outside of ending an innocent baby's life. Uh, also, if you've, if you've been down that road and you made a choice to, to have an abortion, there is resources, there is help, and there is no shame or condemnation. There is life after that, and there is healing, restoration, and redemption through Jesus Christ. So just, just want to make sure you're aware of that. In our sin, when Jesus frees us, there is no longer shame attached unless we allow it to be attached. <clears throat> so every person in here has walked in sin. We want to look down on the bigger ones, because it's less culturally appropriate. But there's no sin different than any other sin, so there's no shame in any sin once you're freed in Christ. So don't look down on anybody because they may be in an alternative lifestyle, a same-gender relationship, uh, had an abortion, murdered, what, you know, the, the big ones, right? They're no different than the little ones. Found myself addicted to food <laughs> and worshiping food, probably more than Jesus. That is no different than any other sin that anybody else might be a part of. Temptation for lust. Been there. Actively fight that temptation. Different things. As a pastor, walk through these things. And there is no difference in that than any sin that we've all been freed from. So quit walking in sin. Quit walking in shame because Jesus frees you. Okay. Um, let, me, let me move on with some stuff here. Pink Sunday history. Let's just get into this. And my heart today is to train you... Um, First off, adjust theology that cancer, disease, depression, uh, illness, anything does not come from Jesus, okay? That's theology. Theology is Jesus is good and the giver of life and only good things, right? Okay? There are consequences for, for choices, but there is not punishment because we are humanity, okay? He created us in his image as sons and daughters, as his beloveds, okay? So, so first off, there will be an adjustment of theology. There will be uh, training and healing, and then ultimately empowerment for you to lay hands on sick and see them recover and get well. Because Jesus inside of you, if Jesus is in your heart, there's healing in your hands. Everybody get that in your, in your soul right now. If Jesus is in your heart, there's healing in your hands. If Jesus is in your heart, there's hope that you walk in for others to see. So after you begin to hear some of these stories and see maybe today healings happen, those are actually called testimonies, or, or we call, that's a church word for God did something really cool and there's a story, okay? 
that, but the church language would be a testimony. So a testimony is literally setting up a stage for a prophecy. So because when Jesus heals once, he'll do it again. When Jesus healed as he walked the earth, the disciples continued to heal in Jesus, and we continue to be empowered to bind and loose and heal and, and do things through Jesus in us. Okay, so a, a testimony becomes a prophecy for what else he'll do. The other thing is we are going to celebrate what Jesus does and has already done here today. So if you have been healed, delivered, set free from, from cancer specifically, any cancer, and I know Kenny had an amazing story. Uh, he was, he was um, diagnosed with cancer at a local hospital, and those were sent to Ohio State uh, for further prognosis for treatment um, decisions. By the time we begin to pray as a church, we're like, Lord, cancel that. We rebuke it, we bind it, and we loose, we unleash heaven in Jesus' name. By the time they had reached um, Ohio State, the results, the literal paperwork changed to negative. And then further testing revealed he was negative for cancer. Kenny, wave at us. <clears throat> maybe, maybe you don't recognize Kenny by appearance, but you might hear glory occasionally in a church service. Or if you're watching online, you may hear that through the microphones. So you maybe have not met Kenny, but maybe you've heard Kenny. That's because Kenny has something to shout glory about because he was redeemed, set free, and healed and delivered. Yeah. Helen Church, who may be watching online, who is a dear sister of this house and been here for many, many, many years. Uh, we go way back with Helen. And there was a point in time, my, my sister, could you wave your right arm to us? Oh, wait, she just had surgery. Sorry. My sister, during worship service, had a word from the Lord. I'm just messing with her. Everybody stretch your arms out to her right now. Why not start here? She had shoulder surgery on, I believe, Thursday. Sorry, I lose track of days. Thursday. So we declare expedited recovery and healing in the mending of those ligaments, tendons, muscles, in Jesus' name. Right now, heal her. Heal, deliver, restore, and expedite the process of recovery in Jesus' name. So one week... Um, she had a word. We're, we're worshiping here, and uh, she had a word that, that the Lord uh, was going to heal Helen. Helen had a softball-sized tumor that was testing, uh, was it cancerous or not? I forget. She had already recovered from breast cancer decades or years prior, had a softball-sized tumor under her armpit, um, and Leah says, hey, if I lay hands on you, I feel the Lord's going to heal you. So they did that, then they went to the bathroom, and the entire thing had dissolved in that instant that moment and let me just say we have story after story after story after story dozens if not hundreds in this house and beyond when we go out and minister to others and in the streets in our everyday lives thousands of miracles that we have witnessed and been a part of so let me take you through a little history of why we do pink sunday my mom and my dad founded upper room uh, around 24 years ago roughly to this to this date roughly 24 years ago. And in the process uh, of that, about halfway through from now, um, she was diagnosed with cancer, went on a journey, went through treatments. We were a church that believed in healing at that time because we believe if Jesus healed and the word says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then Jesus still does what? He heals. So we're not cessationists here. We don't believe that the miracle stopped just because Jesus left the earth. We believe we are carriers of Jesus. 
and that he still heals today because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his spirit dwells here in us, around us, through us. Okay, so, so at any rate, um, my mom got cancer. Long story short, um, she was, uh, we thought it, she had a clear bill of health. It was great. We were literally finishing this building, and I, we were laying stone on a Saturday, and uh, I think it was just maybe Matt and I and a couple others, and we were laying the out exterior stone that you see around this building. And we get a phone call, and she had had some coughing and some other things, and uh, she had been re-diagnosed with cancer after a year or so of really a clear bill, bill of health. Thought she was healed. Thought she was, she went through medical treatment, but we thought she was delivered and healed ultimately through, through all of that. So we're not anti-doctors here. We're not anti-medicine, anti-surgeries. We believe the Lord uses that, but we also believe in the divine, radical, immediate healing of Jesus. Okay, so, so let me just, this is precursor. If you feel you're healed today, maybe it's a mental disorder, maybe you walk out of here and there's no pain, or maybe you feel God healed you of diabetes or whatever might happen today, because we believe he can and he wants to do that. Yeah. Will you please do me a favor and do not stop doing anything you're doing and make it an immediate doctor's appointment and confirm it with a doctor before you remove yourself from medicines or start doing weird things on us? Because God does not need sympathy healings and he will confirm it through your doctors if he healed you. Okay, if it's a true healing, it will be confirmed, and I'm asking you not to be flaky and weird on me and just stop things by faith, prove it, go through doctor's counsel, okay? So at any rate, my mom gets re-diagnosed. It was so bad in her body. Uh, they, they basically said there's nothing we can do. It's throughout her organs. It's in her brain. It's, it's everywhere. So then we relied as a church totally on faith. We felt she was going to be healed. So we journey through this, and... Um, that was probably in the, the, the fall or so, late fall, maybe October. Uh, in February, I think around, wouldn't it have been cool if she died on February 29th? I think she died on 28th, right? Wouldn't that be the best day to die, but the worst day to have a birthday? February 29th? It only happens every seven years. So only every seventh year, you'd have to, four years, four years. Only every four years, you'd have to actually worry about like, oh man, this is the day mom died. I was like, you couldn't have waited one more day? But to have a birthday on that day, that'd be terrible. So anyway, she ends up passing away. We believe so much to the point of she was in her, in her home in a, in a hospital bed. We did communion. It was a Sunday or Monday? Monday. Sunday into Monday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So after Sunday church, we went there, we did communion as a family, we sat by our side, we played worship music, and we prayed healing nonstop for days. Monday uh, comes, I believe it was a Monday, and uh, she ends up passing away. And for two hours, we laid hands that she would take breath and be alive again, that she would be raised from the dead, as, as Jesus allows and promises, at least allows and has done, okay? So we're, we just declared that. After two hours, we're like, okay, we have peace, we feel like the Lord saying she's, she chose heaven. She's good. She's fully healed now. Not the way we on earth wanted it, but the way that was the ultimate upgrade, just sooner than we selfishly wanted. That in us just shook our church here, okay? Is it okay if I tell you the history of why this is Pink Sunday? It gets pertinent for a lot of people who are new. This is like coffee time with Pastor Aaron. <laughs> Cheers, especially if you're watching from home. I'd say hydrate, but really it's a diuretic. So anyway, we said some people left the church 
They believed so much in healing, and when Jesus didn't heal, it rocked their faith so much, they said, okay, we're done. We're checked out. And there's people to this day who do not go to church because my mom was not healed by God. Let, let, let me just let you know that whether or not Jesus heals, it does not determine his integrity, his power, his goodness. He knows far better than we know, and he does things and, and allows things to happen and, and sometimes doesn't intervene in healing. Now, let me just say this. He never allows sin to happen. We choose that. Let, let me just say, when I say he allows things to happen, sometimes it's for our greater good. But let me just say, like, molestation, rape, abuse, those things aren't in that category. He does not allow that to happen. People's choice of free will to sin creates those messes and that trauma and that devastation that should never be on this earth. Okay, so let me just be really real there. He doesn't allow that to happen. He's a good father. He's a good friend. He's closer than a brother. So, so in that, we said, okay, as a church, as a body, as, as our theology, he either heals or he doesn't. Just because he didn't heal my mom, my dad's wife, the founding pastors of this church, just because he didn't heal Midge does not mean he doesn't still heal. So we decided we're going to go after this thing. So the next year, we started Pink Sunday, and we said, we are going to offer prayer and healing to anybody going through the horrific thing from hell called cancer. And anybody who's lost somebody or anybody who's had to journey through that, that, that there is hope, that there is goodness, or those who have lost loved ones who now deal with loneliness and frustration and confusion that God didn't, didn't heal. So we're going to go after this thing. We started up a ministry. Uh, we call it cancer care ministry. It's really cancer care until we hope they get healed ministry. And, and the carnations every week, Leah and sometimes others, if she can't do it, will go into the hospital and give these things with little tags with Jeremiah 29, 11 on them. We've done chapsticks. We do these things to just love on people to say, there is hope. God does have plans for you to prosper, a future and a hope for you, as Jeremiah 29, 11 declares. And we declare that over every patient going through cancer, at least at Upper Valley and the entire Miami Valley region. So this is the shirts. If you bought a shirt, it funds this stuff. And we have ideas to do even greater things in the future, and we've been doing that, and Leah has been very involved, even to the point of helping with meals and cleaning at times and just helping things. Then Pink Ribbon Girls came along, and now they do all kinds of stuff that are great. But that's where it started. Like, how can we help these people? Do we need to mow their grass? So it's really developed into this. So every year now for, is this year like 11-ish? 10th or 11th year of Pink Sunday. So here we are. So I want to just touch on, on what healing is because let me just say this it's not just for cancer okay i believe today he's going to heal physical ailments and disease mental disorders oppression depression fear anxiety unforgiveness there's things that he says he came to heal and set captives free to heal the brokenhearted and set captives free so there's so many things that were in captivity it could be a physical disease it could be a mental disorder. It could be fear. It could be hopelessness. And I believe that the, the word is the infallible, absolute truth of God. And if it says it in here, then it's a promise that I can stand on even when I'm not seeing it. Now, I know there's times where we get discouraged and we get frustrated because God doesn't work the way we think he should work. He's God. Take the pressure off yourself to try to be God and figure this stuff out. So, in, in that, it, it says that faith is a substance of things hoped for. Andrew and Lauren Harmon, who were an important part of our body for a number of years, are in Kansas City. They're watching right now because they need hope. Lauren's not doing well at all. They need hope. She needs healing in her body. 
But hope deferred makes the heart sick. So all of a sudden, when, when you don't see the healing, when you don't get that promotion, when you don't get those things, all of a sudden, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. Maybe your finances are a wreck. Maybe you've been going through just a nasty mess in your life. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe COVID shook you so much that you just don't even know what to do now. Maybe you were alone that whole time or single, and it was really, really hard. Maybe you're widowed. There's all these things, right? So hope deferred makes the heart sick. But man... A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. This is Proverbs. Amen. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So, so faith is a substance of things hoped for. So when that doesn't happen, we get let down. But let me just say this. God is so good. That he Just because he didn't do it yesterday doesn't mean he won't do it today. Just because he didn't heal your mom or your sister or your husband doesn't mean he won't do it today. And, and let me just say this. There is no shame and there is no second-class healing let, let me just say this. Maybe, maybe you believed in healing, but you went through chemo and radiation, and that's how you got your deliverance and your, your clean bill of health. There is no second class. That is okay. There is no shame in that. God still loves you. Like, <laughs> it's like saying the pastor is more important than the teachers teaching the kids right now. No, that is not true at all. And sometimes we walk in these shames. And, these, and let me just say this. If you've been diagnosed with cancer, there's no shame in that. I know that was a big part of, of, of people's journey of just feeling like they've messed up or what did they do to cause that or what could they have done to prevent it and now they feel insecure and inferior and they're going through this journey and sometimes they feel lonely then they're going through these treatments and their mouth's like metal and it's, they're losing their dignity and their hair and all these things. One, God didn't cause that. Two, you are beautiful because he created you in his image there's no shame in that and quit blaming yourself we can't figure these things out we don't know cancer is no uh, respecter of persons but jesus is and he loves us all so whatever that disease is there's things that yeah maybe maybe if this or maybe like my nicole's grandparents both died of, of cancer that originated from the lungs and brain and they smoked since they were 13 yeah maybe if they didn't smoke that wouldn't have happened but we can't figure that out I still don't feel it was their destiny to die that way. And okay, they deserve it because they made a bad choice and was addicted and couldn't get off of that. And that's not the truth. That's not the truth that God says. That's the truth that man would say, but that's not the truth of God of their identity. Their identity is lovers of Jesus, sons and daughters. That's your identity. Your identity is not a diabetic. Your identity is not, not manic or these things that the, that the doctors will diagnose us. Your identity is wrapped up in all of who Jesus is, and he calls you son and daughter. When the woman was healed, that just touched the hem of his garment, she was known as the woman with the issue of blood. But the moment she was healed, first off, faith expedites and activates healing. And he says, daughter, he calls her by true identity, not woman with the issue of blood. He says, daughter, he calls her by her identity, not her diagnosis. Your identity is son or daughter. Your identity is lover, follower of Jesus, believer of Christ. Those are your identities more than conquer a royal priesthood. Those are your identities not by what the world or a doctor has diagnosed you with. That's not your identity. Survivor could be an identity. You're a more than a conqueror. You're a survivor. I love that. Survivors of cancer. I love it. You are a survivor. You conquered that death, hell, and the grave like Jesus Christ did because he lives in you, right? Like that, that's the truth. But you are not known by that, that diabetes or that, that disorder or that disease or that thing or that sin 
or your past. So, healing is within the character of Jesus. Let me, let me just go on a teaching here really, really quick, and then we're going to activate. Let, let, me, let me repeat that. I'm going to speak a lot really quick. I don't know if it's going to be a long duration or not, but it is going to be quick talking. Okay? I wanted to clarify. Because I gave uh, Devin my scriptures today, and I was like, there are so many. I'm just going to send you my actual note because it is way more comprehensive than I ever go by. It used to be, but then I got on way too many rabbit trails. I would take a post-it note, write out my entire sermon on a post-it note, stick it in my Bible where the verses would be, and then deliver you an hour and 10-minute message. Because 32 minutes of that was rabbit trails. So I said, you know what, maybe, Steve Justice helped me, maybe you need a little more structure in your life. I'm like, that could be. So we begin to meet, and we begin to critique some of my messages. And he had that position in my life, and I allowed that, and I appreciated that. So now I have some notes, and I have some parameters. And if I realize that I'm talking so much on how long I preach, I go back to my notes, and I'm back on track. But today is way more extensive. So Jehovah Rapha, okay? That's... That's, there's 951 titles nature's got. If you've been with us at all, you've heard me say this, okay? And I want to focus on one right now, Jesus, my healer. God, you are my healer. God, you are healer, okay? Jehovah Rapha, okay? It is the Hebrew word, and it could also be Yahweh Rapha, okay? It is the Hebrew word that is translated in New and Old Testament to Jesus, God, you are my healer. Jesus, you are healer. God, you are healer. So in the Old Testament, it starts off very first in, in Exodus 15, 26, and he's talking about the Israelites and dealing with all these plagues, right? And he's talking about, man, if you obey my commands and you, and you stick with me, he says, for I am the Lord, your healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. So I, I want to just, and I know we, we focus and we have an attention on, on cancer and even breast cancer being October and this is a pink Sunday, but I want to say, and I want to blanket this and open it wide open, whatever captivity or lie or or disease or anything preventing you from walking in the glory of God has intended you to or distraction Jesus is your healer God is your healer in your highs in your lows in your diagnoses in your freedoms he is your healer because every day we walk in a temptation to believe a lie and it doesn't just have to be a diagnosis from a doctor. It could be a person at your school. It could be a person at your work. It could be a family member. It could be somebody saying, well, you're this, or you've done this, or, or you're a liar because you lied. That's not my, I may have lied, and I've repented for that, so I'm no longer a liar. I love James Collins starting up um, Celebrate Recovery here, and he's got a team of several of you here that are helping. And I love the difference. I love AA. I love NA, and I love the 12 steps, and I love the freedoms that it brings, and I know there are fruit from those ministries and those programs. What, one thing I love about Celebrate Recovery is two things. One thing I love is two things. Sometimes I crack myself up. Even, even if you're not going to laugh, I'm like, I just heard what I just said. The one thing I love are these two things. First off, the higher power. I love that AA gives credit to a higher power. Celebrate Recovery defines that higher power as Jesus Christ. That's the one thing. Here's the other thing is, your identity is not what you did or the addict that you were, but the freedom you're going to walk in. 
So that's the two things. If you show up at AA, you have to say, I am Aaron, I am an alcoholic. And celebrate recovery, now you don't want to lose focus. That is to remind you to not go back to who you used to be, okay? It's good. I'm not saying it's bad, but celebrate recovery says, I am Aaron Simmons who struggled 20 years of, of this addiction or alcoholism or whatever, but now I walk in freedom as a son of Jesus. Your, your past doesn't define you, but no matter where you are or how long you've been there, God is your healer. Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Rapha wherever you need him, whenever you need him, and whatever you're walking through. And let me just say, this has been proven, and, and he, I'm just saying, Jesus is healer. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and for the promises and the fulfillment today. In the Old Testament, Psalms 103.3 says, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I'm just clearing up some things today because I think there is some stinking thinking on healing and who God really is. There are so many perversions on miracles, signs, wonders, healings, the prophetic, the gifts, the manifestations, and there's so many perversions of it and there's so many people who haven't experienced it so they just preach against it or just don't include it. I feel there has to be, it's, it's, like, it's like sex to your children. Let me just tell you this. They are going to hear it from somewhere and someone. There are agendas in our culture and media and television and movies. There are agendas being pushed. And let me just say from when the time of our kids were toddlers, I've been teaching them what healthy sex is in God's eyes. Age appropriately as they grow older. I've been teaching them what their value is and who they are as daughters of Christ so that when the world says something different or a kid on a playground says something different or they hear something on a school bus, they're not having to be isolated in a bubble. No, they know the truth because they knew who God says they are so that when something comes against who says they aren't, they don't believe that lie. So, so when we're in this, there have been so many perversions and lies about who God is and what he does because there's unfamiliarity as well as perversion. And when those things happen, we have these ministers doing things like strange fire and preaching all against it and dividing the body rather than uniting the body to say, hey, if you want to believe it, the Bible says, seek after every gift, earnestly desire all gifts. When we move away from scripture, that's when it can get perverted. When we're in line with scripture, all of a sudden everything and everything we're talking about today can be confirmed in scripture because Jesus is alive and he's well and he's still performing miracles today and it's in the word. So let me move through several of these. Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Isaiah 30.26, The moon will shine like the sun, and the sunlight will be the seven times brighter, like the light of seven full days when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds of his afflicted. Now, now listen, every time it says Lord in these contexts, it's actually from Jehovah Rapha. Okay, it, that's, this is where it's utilized. Jeremiah 30, 17. But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, because you are called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. Jeremiah 33, 6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. Hosea 6, 1. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Jesus heals. New Testament. 
The prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 61, okay? He, he's talking about Jesus' healing, healing ministry. And in Isaiah, there's this, there's this prophetic promise that, that by his stripes we are healed, okay? So this was confirmed in Matthew 8, 17. So then we get to, to Mark 2, 17, and he's called the great physician. And then there's this list of healings I want to go through in the New Testament throughout the four Gospels. Matthew 8, 1 through 4, healing a man with leprosy. Mark 2, 5 through 12. Are you guys, anybody taking notes? Raise your hand if you are. Okay, all right, let me slow down. If you just missed the last four and a half minutes of about 20 minutes of content, just go back and watch it. All right, New Testament. Slow down, Aaron. I want to get to the healing so bad that I'm like, come on. It's like, let's get to the cake already. Get rid of the soup. Let's go to the cake. Nicole tries so hard to, to cook good, and she's got five of the worst critics any moms feel like that or cooks at the house? Maybe it's the guys. I repent. I repent to you on behalf of your kids and your people you can never please with whatever you put on the table. I, I seriously do. On their behalf, I repent. I'm bad about that. But I just like the dessert. <laughs> Matthew 8, 1 through 4. Jesus healed a man with leprosy. And in that context, he's referred to as Jehovah Rapha. Mark 2, 5 through 12, healing a paralyzed man. John 11, 41 through 44, raising Lazarus from the dead. Matthew 9, 27 through 31, restoring eyesight to two blind men. Luke 8, 42 through 48, healing a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. Referenced her already. Mark 6, 53 through 56, healing a multitude of people from, being from touching Jesus' garment. Okay? And there's so many more. There's so many. These are the ones within the context of Jehovah Rapha. Okay? It is in his compassion to heal. It is in his nature to heal. Okay? Let, let me just put it to you this way. They were on this journey, and then all of a sudden, Jesus sees a crowd. And he looks out, and it says that he was moved with compassion. Okay? So he fed them, met their natural needs, and then it says he healed the sick. He met their natural and their spiritual needs and healed the sick and all ailments. When Jesus sees a problem, it becomes his promise. When we see a problem, when we have a problem, it's now his promise because it is his desire, his nature, and his will to heal. How do I know that? Because he's called Jehovah Rapha. If he didn't want to heal, he wouldn't call himself healer. As much as he wants to save people for eternity in heaven and welcome into to, to, to eternity with him as father, creator, save, as much as he is savior, he is healer. He heals marriages. He heals bodies. He heals relationships. He heals minds. He heals oppression. He heals, he heals injustices. In James 5, 14 through 16, it says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, Jehovah Rapha. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. It's not just the natural, it's the spiritual too. It's not just the natural here on earth with our bodies, it's the eternal glory realm of our souls too. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So what does Jesus heal? Everything. And in and, and Psalms 41.3, it references healing of sick, disease, infirmities. In jo- Jonah 2, 5 through 7, it's healing and affliction. In Psalm 23.3, there's basically like spiritual fatigue or almost like a hopelessness that's healed. In Psalms 147.3, it says this, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up the wounds. He heals emotional suffering. He heals the loneliness. He heals the brokenhearted. As much as disease, he also heals the brokenhearted. And, and I know there are people walking around in this place right now who are brokenhearted. You're heartbroken. Maybe your children aren't serving the Lord. Maybe you long for a spouse. Maybe you long for a baby and, 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 and you can't, you're not able to do that yet. Everybody say yet. On behalf of the singleness and those who desire babies, let's everybody just prophetically say, yet. God has a plan for you, a purpose, and I believe that. I fully am contending in prayer. In pastoring, um, there's a terrible glare on the clock. I could not see it. I had to go an alternative route there just now. In pastoring, the two most difficult things I find to help people through are singleness and infertility. Longing for something that you haven't been successful at, but you know God has a plan for, and others around you begin to get, get, get breakthrough in those areas, and here you still sit. I can help people through death. I can help people through hardship. I can help people, and I can lead them to hope and all these things, but hope deferred makes the heart sick, and those two areas are a continual, almost cycle of letdown and hopelessness and disappointment and frustration that I really even have a hard time being empathetic to the depth of that heartache. So I contend for you and pray for you and recognize the hardship that you may be going through But I'm believing for the hope and the promises of Jesus over your life, over your future, over your spouse, your babies, and your grandbabies. So, everybody shout out, yet. Heals the brokenhearted. And then John 14, 27, it references healing anxiety, worry, or fear. He heals unforgiveness, bitterness, these things, right? So I have a few core values of healing I'm going to rush through. I had to slow way down for you note takers, so, but I'm going to speed back up. You're just going to have to rewatch it. First off, these are my core values that I feel the Lord in and that I feel in my experience. I, let, let me just give you just a really brief history. I was anti-healing when I was getting saved. Matt went to a conference uh, talking about healing, and he and another fellow brought it back to the church. I was like, nah, I don't think God's into that anymore. And I was a cessationist. God began to prove to me I was wrong and God began to heal a lot of people I went and repented to Matt saying you were ahead of me you were ahead of our church's time and God is on this and we need to pursue this so pray really pray into what people tell you more than I did in my bigoted arrogant spiritual arrogant way so since then I'm like I began to read the word. Oh, wow, there's healing. This happens. God promises this. Greater works we can do than he did. Whoa. 
And you begin to feel the heart of the scripture, and you're like, okay, wow. So since then, in just around a dec decade maybe, I've seen thousands of healings through the laying on of hands and radical things, dead raisings, backs, crippled backs with scoliosis just straightening up and clicking up like, like crispies, rice crispies, pop, 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 pop. Withered hands with arthritis just straighten out and start moving. We've seen the most radical things here, outside of here in our lifestyles, in the back of an ambulance, in Mexico, all over the place, Dominican Republic. And let me just say, God is the same not only yesterday, today, forever, or he's also the same globally. Oftentimes, those crusades and those things uh, that we see in other countries are like, well, there was healing in Africa. There was these things, and, and you know, I know we don't experience that in our church, but he heals in Africa, or he healed in this, in this crusade, or, man, we had a missionary team go there, and they even saw healings. Let, let me just say this. There's a few things that create that. First off, they believe it. Secondly, you're pursuing it and open to it and going after it. And third, faith expedites it. You're hungry for it. What if we lived every day of our life like we're going to a crusade that God is going to heal? God is going to deliver. God is going to set captives free. God is going to save the lost. What if every day of our life was like we're going to a crusade? Because let me just tell you, you are. You are in your workplace, uh, at the grocery, at the restaurant. Wherever you go is a giant field that needs harvested by Jesus because it is ripe and ready. And our culture needs healing and hope and deliverance and freedom and reconciliation, restoration, redemption. Our world needs this. And Christ in you is the hope of glory. So since then, I've developed a few core values. First off, Jesus heals. Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes, we are healed. He heals, not us. I got a little unhealthy after I saw probably one or 2,000 healings. I heal people. I have the gift of healing. My hands heal people. Okay. I had to be humbled again. No, God heals people. He just uses you to be the conduit at times. God doesn't need you to heal people. Let me just say this. People are going to be healed watching online this week. They're not going to have laying on of hands or an elder or a pastor or a preacher. They're just going to be healed because God's sovereignty, his goodness, and his love and his power. Matthew 4.23, And Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Jesus heals. Last verse, Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Next core value I have, Jesus uses us as a conduit. He empowers us to heal through his power and blood and stripes. Okay? Matthew 10, 1 says this. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them the power over unclean spirits. When he's empowering the disciples, the next generation, we fall under that covering, just like the Israelites and the promises. We fall under that empowerment. And it says to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. We're going to get into Mark 16 later. All right, we're going to end with Mark 16. But another empowerment for us to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. He uses us. Next core value, three. Faith activates, even at least expedites healing. But faith is not required. <laughs> faith expedites it. I, I, I like to say activates or expedites healing, but it's not always required. I'm going to mess with you on this one a little bit. Because God can still heal even if that person or you don't even have the faith of the measurement for it. 
But do you know the same faith to heal a headache would be the same faith to raise the dead or cast cancer or a tumor out of somebody? Because if it requires God to intervene to change a circumstance, a situation, something, that same level of miracle doesn't matter what it is, just equal to the sin. No matter how big the sin is, it still needs God's sovereignty and the price of the cross. The same thing for healing, whether it's a stubbed toe, we don't do the kiss the boo-boo thing in our house, never have. Let me kiss it, let me make it better. Okay, that power's on me. Let me pray for it. Now, girls, pray for her. Chloe, you, 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 just, you just stomped through the house and stepped on Hadassah's toe. Pray for her. She's going blue. Yeah, my Lay hands on her. Pray for her. Because it's God who heals. We want that deep in their DNA that God is the healer. Okay, next thing. Oh, the verse with that, Luke 8, 48. And he said to her, daughter, be, good, be of good cheer. This is the one I mentioned. Your faith has made you well. Healing signs, miracles, all of this healing reveal his nature and his goodness and love. And when his love is revealed, hearts are changed and lives are changed. It is not for me to feel good about myself. It is not to say, upper room, we had 42 miracles yesterday. God revealed his love 42 times today. God revealed his power and changed hearts and loved his children enough to heal them. Let, let, me, let me wrap this up. John 4, 53 says this. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole house was saved. Jesus heals this son of a father, okay? And all of a sudden, he is so transformed, he goes back to his house and this miracle created such an, an awe of God's goodness, his entire house gets saved. Healing, oh, let, let me just say, testimonies become prophecies, I already mentioned that, and he'll do it again. The last core value that, that I have is healing is rooted in God's character and his will is always to heal. It's his will. His will is always to save. There's so many things that separate people from getting saved and I, I can't explain that. I don't know why your son or your daughter aren't walking with the Lord right now. I, I don't know, but I know his promises are yes and amen. And I hold on to the, to the faith that is a substance of things hoped for, not just seen. There's something happening in those hearts. There's something happening. And we can't explain it when we don't get the outcome we want. We don't know. But, but, but I'll say this. In Exodus 15, 26, he says this. For I am the God. I am Jehovah Rapha who heals. I'm going to end with Mark 16. The band can come. If you're sitting in this chair and you're thinking, man, we haven't even done the activation yet, that's going to be really quick. God doesn't need an hour to heal, heal somebody. <laughs> he doesn't need you begging, pleading, and screaming. Do you know God's not deaf? <laughs> Come on, God, do it! In Jesus' name! He does not need you to yell, Dad. I heard rumblings over there. He, God is not deaf. He hears your heart. He's a peaceful, gentle God. It does not have to be violent to see a demon leave somebody. I've seen it. It's been violent. But when I pray for demons to leave somebody, if I know they're demon-possessed, God, gently do this. Honor their dignity right now. Stop the violent shaking. Do not let them vomit. 
I'm telling you, when you're walking this stuff, you see some really, really crazy things. But God is not deaf. He does not need you to beg and plead and ask. <laughs> he does not need you to make, cut yourself and make yourself bleed at the altar and tarry for five hours. It is his will and his nature, and he wants to do it, and he's a good father. Okay, Mark 16, 14 through 20. This is the Great Commission. Okay, so Jesus' last words should be some of our top priorities. This is, this is what he's saying. Do this. This is the Great Commission. This is what I'm commissioning. I'm empowering you. I'm telling you. I'm commanding you to do. Commission is also rooted from the same command. It says this. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclined at the table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Jesus comes back from conquering death, hell, and the grave, the tomb being found empty. He's roaming around, which is absolutely cool, with holes in his hands, probably scars and still blood on his head. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Guys, first off, he corrects them. He's like, it's me. And I've been with you. I'm thankful to see you reclining at the table because you learned that from me at the Last Supper and beyond. I'm, I'm thankful you're hanging out and all 11 of you are here together, grieving that I had died. Guess what? Here I am. I'm alive. And I'm well. And I'm about to join my father. This is just the heart of this message. I'm about to join my father forever. And one day you're going to join me. But until then, here's what you're going to do. Because this is the father's business. He says, go into all the world. Go everywhere you go. Preach the good news. Tell them about me. Preach the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I don't hear any condemnation in what he's telling us to preach. I don't hear him say, focus on everybody's sins and, and hold them against them. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not will be condemned. And these signs, that, not, that was not like preach this message. It's like, here's the choice. Here's the opportunity. Here's the offer. Anybody who believes and is baptized, they'll be saved. They're going to join us in eternity. They're going to be part of this Holy Ghost party forever in this big family. If they don't, they're, they're not going to make it. And it says in verse 17, And these signs will accompany who? Those who believe. Who? I, I don't know. In my interpretation of this, in the Hebrew translation, in the written word, in the heart of it, I don't believe it says the elders the pastors, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, Jesus only himself, those who believe. It says this, in my name, they will cast out demons. Some of y'all probably getting weirded out when you're hearing about casting out demons. If you're a believer, you have that authority. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. This was not in an effort in some weird way in West Virginia to test Jesus. There's a guy that went to my dad's church that was missing a, his hand was all withered up and crippled because he grew up in one of those churches. 
This was not a thing to test God and mock God and say, well, if he's good, he's gonna... There's a crazy documentary of one of the pastors of those things dying. It's because it didn't say test him and, and see. No, it's like if that happens to happen, go along your way. And if on your journey you get bit by a snake in the name of Jesus doing kingdom work, it's not gonna harm you. If along the way going to all the nations, listen, I, I've encountered some really weird things in other nations. And let me just say this, I'm still standing. I've eaten some weird things. I've encountered scorpions and snakes and crazy sized tarantulas and, and, and the biggest cockroaches you could ever imagine crawling up my chest at 4 a.m. in a bunk bed in Dominican Republic. And then I can't find it. I've got my flashlight out. There's 16 other guys in the room. I'm looking for this thing because I am not gonna be able to sleep if I don't find that cockroach that wide and this long. It was this big, guys. It was this big. It's a fisherman's story now. I'm looking through my bags. What I'm saying is, not to test God, but if on your journey to bring the kingdom to people, to bring the good news to people, to cast out demons, to heal sick, to bring Jesus. Let me just say that, that's all this is, is bringing Jesus to the people around you wherever you go. And in that process, in that journey, in that adventure, you're not gonna be taken out by it. If you are, you get eternal glory anyway. Low risk, high reward. Let me, let me finish this. It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What will they do? They will lay hands on who? Who's they? The believers. The believers will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. This, this is not rocket science. If you believe, if Jesus is in your heart, you get to do all these things. Signs, wonders, and miracles will accompany you. You get to lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Then it ends with this. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out. Everybody say, go out. They went out. It's not just for upper room and in here and those watching online. It's for everybody out there too. They went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. You're empowered by Christ. Why? Because Jehovah Rapha lives inside of you and he is healer. Stand with me. All right. If you're a believer in here, will you raise your hand? If you believe in Jesus Christ, just raise your hand. I didn't say if you're walking right, if you're perfect, if you're flawless right now, if you believe in Jesus, just raise your hand. You're the prayer team today. You are all qualified and ordained, and I, I ordain you as believers that can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. All right, put your hands down. Okay, now you're ordained. You're officially ordained as believers that can cast demons out, lay hands on the sick, bring hope to the hopeless, bring healing to the brokenhearted, bring joy, bring peace. You are ambassadors of Christ, okay? You are the ambassadors of Jesus. You are the prayer team in here and out there, okay? So here's a few things. I'm, I'm gonna, just a second, I'm gonna unleash the believers to pray for the people who need it in here, okay? 
I have six things of what you're gonna do. There's six, six things. First, you're gonna evaluate, okay? These are the critical skills in your, your, your prayer training right now. When I, when I was learning to be a paramedic, there's all these critical skills. Is the scene safe? BSI on, C-spine, like all these things, right? So today there's six things. Evaluate, what are you praying for? I'll walk you through this as you find somebody. What are you praying for, okay? You could be casting out demons and they just have the flu. What are you praying for? You might be praying for a disease to leave and they just really are going through a marriage issue. Like, so figure it out, what are you praying for? Unless you're so prophetic, then ask them, is this what I'm praying for, okay? So first off, evaluate it. Then, okay, does it hurt to do this? Is this whatever, do an evaluation. Okay, I'm, I've got knee pain, okay? Does it hurt right now? Yes. Does it increase if you would move it? Yes. Okay, we're gonna pray. Okay, so second is speak to the issue. You have the authority to bind anything on earth and loose anything from heaven. Okay, let me, let me reword that. You have the authority to bind, to cancel, to remove, to, to whatever, any ailment, and the authority to loose, release heaven, okay? Which is healing. Next, ask Jesus. So evaluate, speak to it, ask Jesus to heal it, and then evaluate again. Okay, this should be done in approximately 17.2 seconds. Okay, it could go as easy as this. Pain go, healing flow in Jesus' name. It's not hard because he wants to heal, it's him. I don't have to beg for it because he already wants to do it. Okay, then activate the faith, okay? In your evaluation on the second time after you've prayed, okay, does it still hurt? Move it. If it didn't hurt before, gently move it. Don't, don't, like Nathan said, don't drop kick somebody in here today. Don't karate chop somebody. Don't, there's been faith healers do that kind of stuff. Please don't do that today. I think that's weird for our culture today, okay? So at any rate, what I'm asking is activate it. Okay, it hurt to move. And what you're gonna see is in that activation, it doesn't hurt anymore, okay? Then I want you to leave a testimony, okay? And we'll, we'll, we'll walk you through this. So, here is the call. If anybody needs prayer right now, if you are being diagnosed, you're going through testing, you have a disease, you have cancer, whatever. Okay, back up, I wanna do one more thing. Are you guys cool with this? If you've been healed of cancer, or, or if like a story like Kenny, like it was so radical, you know Jesus was in it. If you've been healed of cancer, Will you raise your hand? We want to celebrate with you. We have one up there, another one up there, one back there, one there, one there, at least five. Okay. Okay. So if you've been healed, like radically healed of any other disease, or you've been here once and you came with like a diagnosis of, of a herniated disc and then you went back to the doctor, they were gonna say you need surgery, now you don't because somebody prayed for you. If you've been healed in that way, in any ailment, will you just wave your hand? Look around, wave your hand, keep it up, wave it. Okay. That's only to prove that Jesus still heals today. So what I wanted to do right there was just activate your faith just a little bit, just a little bit and celebrate those who are now walking in freedom as survivors. Yay, Jesus. Okay, so thank you, Jesus. Everybody just shout that out. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so today, 
If you need one of those prayers, if you need healing, if you are going through testing, if you're going through a mess, a, a physical, mental, some type of mess that, that you would know if there was some tangible healing today or over the next week, okay? So it's not like, oh, I'm going to raise my hand because um, my, my grandson uh, is having bad grades and I really need him to get good grades today. Like, I'm, I want to see some physical healing and I want to see some tangible things that are measurable today or the next week. Now, and I'm talking about emotional healing, brokenheartedness. I'm talking about physical ailments, disease, those things, okay? If you need prayer for any of that, depression, oppression, things like that, just raise your hand right now. Keep them up, please. Raise your hand. This, you do not walk in shame. You do not walk in shame, okay? Your healing is here today. So raise your hand. The people around them, okay? The people around them, could you please keep your hand up until there's two or three people around you praying? Believers, go find somebody. Go find somebody with their hand up. If you're watching online right now, we're going to pray for you in a moment. Just keep your hand up until there's a few people around you. We need more people in this middle section here. So some of the teenagers, Evelyn, keep your hand up till there's at least two or three around you. We want to activate the believers. Okay, first thing you're gonna do is evaluate. Evaluate, what are you praying for? Okay, get a pain level on a scale of one to 10 if there's physical pain. Does anything increase the pain? Okay, now, after a brief evaluation, I want you to go for it. I'm gonna give you a minute or less. You're gonna speak to the actual ailment it could be something like we bind cancer in the name of Jesus and we loose heaven and Jesus' power to heal in Jesus' name right now. We bind disease and we loose healing in Jesus' name. Disease go, healing flow. Father, you are good. Jesus, by your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed. So begin to release heaven, begin to bind the earthly attack cancel trauma if it was an accident or a car wreck we cancel trauma in Jesus name we release your peace and your healing right now in Jesus name we cancel brokenheartedness and loneliness and depression and mental disorders and disease right now in Jesus name and we lose heaven and healing and breakthrough we cancel fear in Jesus name you are the Prince of Peace, God. You are the Prince of Peace. If you're watching online, this prayer is for you. We bind any of the attack and the lies of the enemy and we lose heaven and the Father's truths right now. Lord, we ask for your healing in every way. We ask that you finish it, that, that you were broken so we could be whole. Whatever people are journeying through here in person, Yep, begin to, begin to praise Jesus if you begin to experience a healing. Begin to shout, begin to just go nuts. You begin to feel a breakthrough. Another minute. Okay. Evaluate again. Have them test it without going super crazy or weird. 
If it hurt to move before, ask them to move. If it hurt to bend over, ask them to bend over. If it, if it hurt to, to twist, see if they can gently twist and see if there's breakthrough. Activate the faith now, whatever it is. Maybe you felt warmth in your body. Maybe you felt warmth going through your, your brain or your head. Maybe you felt tingling or, or, or some type of physical change in your body. Okay, stop praying, evaluate, evaluate. We don't have to beg or tarry. Right now, evaluate. Is there any change? Okay, we're about done. If you were healed, will you just wave two hands right now? If you were healed and you felt a tangible healing, there is a difference, 50% or better. Will you wave two hands at me? We have one here. I heard shouting two. Were there any more? At least two. Were there any more healings? Test it and see. Wave two hands if you feel you were healed. 50% or better. Okay. If the person you're praying for did not just wave their hands, one more time, you have 10 seconds. Jesus prayed twice once. Lord, we command it all the way. All the way. You've started something. You've proved yourself. All the way, Lord. All the way. Finish it, Jesus. Finish it, Lord. You are good no matter what. You are good no matter what. Okay, test it again. Test it again. Do you feel anything now? Anything, anything different? Anything different? If you have, wave your hands. Okay, what happened... What happened here? There was two or more here. What happened in this area? Brittany, I heard you going like excited. Right shoulder. Okay, a pain was a six. Did it affect mobility? Okay, do you have free mobility now? Free, free range of motion, okay. A pain six down to at least a one, if not even continuing to prove in full range of motion now that was limited. Anybody else? Come on, your testimony becomes a prophecy for someone else. Anybody else? I know there was a few hands. What was it? Okay. Okay, asbestos in his lungs could not get a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Come on. Yay, Jesus. Yes, Lord, more. Were there any others we want to recognize and increase others' faith? Okay, now listen. If you came today and now what we don't want, okay, listen up. Listen up just for a moment. If you did not receive healing like you had hoped for, do not be discouraged or dismayed because he is doing something in you. There's several stories and all the time we, we dismiss and then through the night tonight or through the week, all of a sudden something clicks or pops or you wake up the next morning totally delivered and healed, okay? So, but here's a reminder. Please do not remove yourself from medications. If you were going, um, Candy, if you were going to the doctor for testing for a surgery or something, follow through with that appointment. I wanna see confirmation, things like that. Do not, do not disrupt and work through a doctor to prove all of this. God will be in it if you're really healed, okay? It's, don't be afraid. He, they'll just confirm what the Lord did. 
But if you walk out of here, do not walk in shame. Do not walk in discouragement. Do not walk frustrated because you didn't get healed. What I want to encourage you with is God can still do it, and he will. All right? He will. And no matter what, he is good. No matter what. Let me just remind you of one, one instance in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were going to the fiery furnace. And their prayer was, God, no matter what, we trust you. We know you can bring us through this, but no matter what, we trust you. And then they, they were totally delivered and brought through that fire. I believe that on behalf of all of you, no matter what you're going through. You may be facing fire right now. You may be facing a lot of heaviness and a lot of issues. No matter what, we trust Jesus and we know that he can bring you through it, no matter how bad it looks. And we love you. You guys have an amazing day. You are now empowered to go outside these walls and bring Jesus to the people around you. Love you guys. Bless you.